Hello, all, and welcome to the Broke Girls Dream 2 podcast, a show dedicated to helping all the broke girls out there. Here's your host, podcast producer, and resident broke girl, Amanda Joy. Um, we'll go right into it. Okay. All righty. So, hi, everyone. Welcome to Broke Girls Dream 2 podcast um, slash Instagram Live. It's all the things. This is Women's History Month, and I've been doing a series every Tuesday and Thursday of some of my phenomenal women in my life who are entrepreneurs, who are career women and all this great stuff. And we are closing women's history with Fallon O'Cox Esquire. I love when like (laughs) 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 to talk about about how to start and manage a law practice, which is something I have no clue about, but I'm willing to learn. And I think there are a lot of, I didn't realize how many of my friends were attorneys, first of all. When I started reaching out to people, I was like, oh, I, there's a large database of Black female attorneys, and I appreciate that. But I guess just tell us, like, you know, you can give us a little background about how long you've been in practice, what did you major in in school, where did you graduate, and then we'll, like, progress into, like, the business side. Okay. Um, and I've never, I don't, I've never, this is my very first Instagram live. I think I've done one Facebook live video, so I don't really do this. I don't know how I see you, Christy. Hey, so I'm gonna be shouting people out because I don't know if you're supposed to do that or not. Oh. <laughs> and I want to. So I am Fallon Cox. Um, I'm from Fairfield, Alabama, which is right outside of Birmingham. You can stand on one side of the street and then Birmingham and on the other and then Fairfield. Um, went to public school, shout out to public school. K through 12, Fairfield High Preparatory School, the prep. Um, I went to undergrad at Jacksonville State University, which is in a rural part of Alabama. Uh, originally, I was going to major in political science because everybody says you need to, that that's the good feel if you want to go to law school. I really enjoy political science, but I do not do math well. So <laughs> I had to make a few adjustments because I knew I wanted to go to law school and that my undergrad GPA would be really important. So I made an adjustment and um, major in criminal justice to avoid um, like a statistics class. I would would still be there. If I would have had to take that statistics class, I would still be there. So, Um, but I can't count money and we're going to talk about that. Um, So I majored in criminal justice, minored in political science. I went straight through. So um, I started law school at Mercer right after I graduated from college. I was there for three years and I was very involved there. I was involved in college. Um, I just shared on my Facebook page a throwback picture of SGA. So, you know, you do all of those things because law schools really want to see that you can balance and juggle because that's a big part um being a lawyer and especially owning a law practice so did that um did moot court client counseling and negotiations i was the chair of that and shout out to mercer um their team just won the national championship in client counseling for the first time ever so shout out go mercer law bears and um, did that, graduated in 2010. I moved to Savannah, essentially sight unseen. The first time I came was for the interview, which I thought was gonna be a conversation. It's like, oh, let's chat about it. And I was like, okay. 
So I drove down and I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is an interview. <laughs> but it went well. And uh, so I moved here and worked at the public defender's office for six years. Um, I think I am, I think I got a check, but I think I still hold the title for being the youngest person in the major crimes division. So I did that for about three years. And then I went into private practice in 2017, January. And so I've been at Cox Rodman and Middleton and my partners are John Rodman and Christopher Middleton. They also worked at the public defender's office with me. So I've known them since 2010. And we've been doing the private practice thing for, we just celebrated five years in January. Good Lord, it's been that long? It has been. Oh, you guys are doing like the work anniversaries now. Yeah. <laughs> You've entered into the 5, 10, 15 thing. I know, they should have got me a lamp. Or <laughs> Well, I know, what do you get for five years? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? So I think like one of the things that, because you were so comfortable, right? Like you had a really good position, even though we all know like probably working at the public defender's office was a little stressful probably depressing <laughs> but at the same time like you took a leap of faith and you jumped out on that like was it scary like what were like the motivating factors to leave it was scary yeah um I don't I didn't like always want to be an entrepreneur um my dad's an entrepreneur um my brother is an entrepreneur but it's, you know, can be kind of feast or famine. So I didn't know if I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I knew probably about three or four years in at the public defender's office, I was like, okay, I think I want to do my own thing. Um, and so thought about it, you know, kind of tried to put a plan together, talk to people about it, debated whether I would go to work at another firm or not, um, or just make the leap. And so I decided to take the leap. It was scary. Um, not that scary because I like to think that for most things, you can always change your mind. So you make a decision. It's not what you thought. It's timing ends up being wrong. You can always change your mind. So I thought, you know, let's just try it. And if it doesn't work out, if I don't like it, if I want to go back and, you know, go back to base camp and reevaluate and try again, I can always get a job. So that's what I decided to do. Oh, you're so brave. I love how you're like, I can always just get a job. <laughs> you can, you know. My first job was at Piglet Wiggly. Shout out to Piglet Wiggly. And I'm telling you, I bag my own groceries now because I, I got it. So I can always get a job somewhere. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you were resourceful, to say the least. <laughs> oh my God, I love <laughs> Okay, we have to be serious. I'm kidding. Um, so I love like the journey that we're on with you so far and that like it was really like a leap of faith and a, a confidence boost, right? Like you had confidence in yourself to do this. And I love that you were like, no, I didn't really want to be an entrepreneur. Like that is important. But like, uh, yeah, how do you start a law practice? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Uh, I think that's the first step. It's just like saying, okay, I'm going to do this. And once you get that down, you know, you can have the other things go in place 
they'll fall into place. Um, and you always make adjust adjustments. We're constantly making adjustments. I'm sure law firms been around for a hundred or so years. They're making adjustments. So um, you start with the idea. Um, and then I think, you know, I, I wish if I could do it again, I would have been a little bit more strategic about, mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, you don't know things that you don't know. And so, you know, there are, Let's just do the basics, you know, the legalities, the things you have to have. Um, and that's, of course, you want to make sure you got to get registered with the Secretary of State. In it, if you got any business, you want to get registered because that's going to protect you from personal liability. Um, so, you know, you want to do that. Uh, you want to go ahead and get all of your insurances. You need insurance. I do personal injury. I deal a lot with insurance. We're going to you need the insurance, uh, <laughs> I promise you. And you need more than you think. Mm. And uh, you're going to need your just general liability insurance for if you have a brick and mortar. So if somebody come in there and slip over a roof, then you want to have insurance to cover it. And of course, you want to have malpractice insurance. Um, in Georgia, surprisingly, it is not required. And... So if you're looking for a lawyer, you want to make sure they have insurance because every lawyer does not have it. Um, but you definitely want to get your malpractice insurance just because you need insurance, just like you got car insurance. Right. And um, so those are like the basic things you need. You don't really need a brick and mortar, especially we, we've learned now um, with the pandemic that uh, we can pretty much work anywhere. A lot of us can at least uh, more than we thought. Mm -hmm. um, different areas of law are going to require different level of interaction, in-person interaction. Um, but still, there's a lot that can be done remotely. So you don't necessarily need a brick and mortar. Um, and what else? So you want to do that. And I think those are the basics. And yeah. so like when you talk about like strategically, I think uh, you want to, one, go ahead and get involved in bar associations. One thing about law is that it can be a little bit segregated as it relates to practice areas. So, for instance, when I was at the public defender's office doing criminal defense, I hardly ever saw lawyers who practice other types of law. Mm. So how the schedule was here in Chatham is that like maybe Tuesday and Wednesday would be criminal law cases. Thursday might be civil. Monday might be domestic family law. And so you don't, you know, the people in your practice area, but you may not know a lot of people who practice different things. And so you want to go ahead before you take that leap and get involved with your different bar associations. And they've got, you know, a top for every, a lead for every pot, you know, they've got minority, um, women, women. <laughs> The, 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 the type of law you practice I'm yep. sure there's like yeah yeah, 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 yeah. they got all of those so you want to go ahead and get involved so you can meet people um, you'd be surprised well I guess you wouldn't be surprised I don't know why I was surprised but like there's so many people that are just willing to help to send you cases um, I think maybe our third case was somebody else and they're like hey somebody came into my office I'm going to send them to you and so you want to Go ahead and build those relationships. Um, you're going to have people contacting you, and they may want to hire you for things you don't do. Mm -hmm. And so it's 
I think we always focus on good customer service. So even if we can't help you, you know, we're going to call you back and try our best to put you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So you want to do that? Um, go ahead and get on some listservs. I know they can be annoying sometimes, but you're going to need that information. Um, they've got forms. Just go ahead and do it. See if you can get a digest <laughs> so you can get them again. Um, so you want to go ahead and do that as you plan, you know, your transition. And then you, when you think about your practice areas, uh, this is one thing I wish we would have been a little bit more strategic about. So the, me and my partners, we have backgrounds in criminal law. That means that, you know, that's, that's exclusively what we did. On the plus side of that, we have a lot of litigation experience. So, mm -hmm. you know, we tried hundreds of cases between the three of us. And so we know that. And it's, that's, not, that's a component of almost every other type of law um, that could lead to litigation. And so, but like the thing is you want to diversify your income streams. So for instance, things like criminal law, family law, um, you know, estate planning, um, those things are going to be where a client pays your fee and they're going to pay your fee up front. They're going to pay your fee up front. So period. period. That's, that's, uh, um, so that's, and that's how those areas work. Mm -hmm. And then you've got other practice areas that are contingency fees. So for instance, I do personal injury. It's a contingency fee. And that means that, you know, when a client hires me, they don't pay me any money up front. You know, we're in this together. I'm taking the case because I believe that it's viable. I believe that we're going to be able to have a good result for mm -hmm. you. And when we have that good result for you, I'm going to get paid um, from your proceeds. And in addition to you paying on the back end, once we recover, we also front the expenses. And so, of course, that's something that if I take the case, it's something that I believe in because I'm already in the negative and our firm is putting money out to buy the things that we need to move your case forward. And so we recoup those expenses. But again, you know, I guess the point is that it's something that we believe in if we take it. And so... But those cases, you don't have to, the client doesn't have to have any money. Um, and a lot of times, especially with injury, sometimes they're out of work, um, lots of different circumstances. But you're looking at sometimes between six months to it could be years before that case ever comes to a conclusion. And so some, so that, that's money that sometimes will come in after you've had the case for nine months, 12 months. And so it's like a nice Easter egg. You know, you're happy to get it, um, but it's not as consistent as the other areas where uh, you get paid up front. Mm -hmm. And then I think another um, really good practice area if you're thinking about diversifying the income streams are the types of cases where there are statutory attorney's fees. And there aren't a whole lot of those areas, but for instance, um, there are like wage claims. Um, usually those are going to be federal if your employer isn't paying uh, overtime or is not paying your wage like they should. 
I got a recommendation for that <laughs> as well as um, usually claims against a school or a school board. If you perhaps perhaps mm -hmm. the kid has an IEP and the school isn't following those. So in those type of claims, um, the law says that if you also don't pay any money to the attorney up front, and the law says that if you recover, then the law says that the loser has to pay those attorney's fees. And so social security, social security disability is another one. And so those are areas where um, you as a law firm owner or as an attorney, when you take those cases, um, you're going to take cases you believe in. And you know that if you're successful, you're going to be compensated, even if the client doesn't have the means to pay up front. So mm. <laughs> you want to think about all of that um, when you're deciding what areas you want but, to practice. But so it feels like, though, like just like any other business, y'all should have had a nest egg before you went in because there was going to be a delay in revenue coming in at some point. Yes. <laughs> Just, I love this. It's like, yes. <laughs> because like, I don't think people think about that, right? Like I think I've had some amazing like guests on here and just even people I know like have just been like, yeah, I started a business and woo, woo, woo. but we don't really talk about that moment where it's like, but when did the business turn a profit? Yeah, so because um, we're sharing here. So we didn't um, put up a lot of money to start with, um, my partners and I. We didn't have a lot of money. We worked at the public defender's office. <laughs> we didn't have a lot. And we didn't put up a lot. Um, we were very resourceful. I'm thrifty. And um, I always tell my clients, like I, you know, like I mentioned, I we pay for expenses and stuff up front. I'm going to, and it's, it's their money because they're going to reimburse me, but I'm going to spend their money like I spend my money. We're looking for coupons. Um, we're going to make it stretch. And so we didn't have a lot of money. Um, when we got our office space, the Junior League here has an amazing sale. We went to the Junior League sale. I mean, my partners had to drag me out. We got file cabinets. We got desks. We, I still have the same desk, and now we can afford to buy me another desk, but I like my desk. And so um, we got furniture for our conference room. We got chairs. We got a few things off Facebook Marketplace. Um, so we were, you know, making a dollar out of 15 cents. And um, for us, thankfully, it ended up being a situation where a couple of people looked out for us and... Um, I think we had a client the first day. Uh, we have internet. The internet messed up. <laughs> I had to get a Google number because it was like some issue with the phones. But I had my mobile hotspot and, you know, we made it work. It took about, for those utilities and stuff, it took maybe about two weeks. Mm. And we had started this stuff about a month out. Went ahead and made the appointments, but... You know, you all you can't always predict what'll happen. And so you just have to kind of pivot and adjust. Um, so we did that and you know, it was we didn't pay ourselves for the first few months. Um, because even though we did make some money, you know, we had bills and then we wanted to 
have some a little nest egg saved. So it wasn't, um, you know, we didn't make money like that. But I think I love that though. I love first of all, didn't know about the junior league, so thanks. <laughs> that is a tip and a half right there. <laughs> we can end the interview. <laughs> yes. I was like the best. I was like, oh yeah. So but I also think like that's like a, a candid and I thank you for being so candid because I think a lot of people just think, boom, you're a lawyer, boom, you're rich. <laughs> And it's not like that, right? There's like a lot of, I didn't know about the networking part either. Like how much y'all really need to network and be a part of associations and be like, because the referrals, it seems like referrals is a part of y'all income stream. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of our cases come from referrals. Um, so that's a, a very big part. That's, but that's awesome because y'all, one, have created a reputation that people want to refer to you. Uh <laughs> That means y'all do good work. And then on, on, but on top of that, you are on the forefront of people's minds, right? Like people are like, oh yeah, I'm thinking about this, this, this is going to be a good client for you, or this will be a good attorney for you. And I love that. So you, you, you've given us some, some really good tidbits about like the brick and mortar part, which I always forget about because Xfinity be tripping. So you right. <laughs> you got to you plan a month ahead, but then you add in those people that depend on you, you know, you depend on for services, you might as well give, go ahead and say two months, I need to get this done instead of a month. Um, I think what else did you learn in this process is like, like, as far as like, as a business owner, like, do you guys have employees? Do you like, how do you source out? Because y'all all can't be doing everything all the time. <laughs> it's so much like it is so much. Um, <laughs> It's, um, and being a, it's, I think it's important. It's, it's two different jobs. Right. You know, like being a lawyer is a job and it's got its own responsibilities and you need your own skill set. And owning a law firm is a whole nother different job. Um, when I first, you know, was planning to go into private practice, um, I contacted one of my mentors who, um, is doing really well. We've got a couple of offices in Birmingham. Shout out to Eric Guster and the Guster Law Firm. Um, and, you know, he took me under his wing and gave me a lot of tips. I interned there. And one of the things he told me is like, you know, read the emails. And he's like, they got one for lawyers, but don't read the one for lawyers. Just read the general email. That's the best one. And I did. And one of the things that stood out to me in that book is they you know, we have all these examples and I guess he's like a coach or something, the author. And so he was working with this lady who owned a bakery and um, like very good cupcakes. And she just, the business wasn't working, but she had mm -hmm. a very, very good product. And long story, but the thing that stuck out to me is he's like, you know, the baker is not necessarily the bakery owner. So just because you make good cupcakes don't mean that you're going to have a successful and profitable business. And so when I read that, you know, I kind of went into it with the mindset of, you know, I like baking these cupcakes, but, you know, for me, my role in the firm is I bake the cupcakes, but I'm also the bakery owner. You know, I'm responsible mm -hmm. for making sure that the bakery runs well so that we can serve more people and mm -hmm. that we can get around and survive. Um, so it's a whole lot of stuff. We, 
do have an employee. Um, we've got one. We are looking to hire two more. We're looking to hire a receptionist um, as well as an associate attorney. So Instagram, if you know somebody, call <laughs> 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 <on> our office. <laughs> that's the thing, you know, yeah. so it's, you, you got to be up to speed as it relates to the Fair Labor Standards Act. Um, so you got labor law and making sure that you're in compliance with that. You have got, um, and remember, um, wage and salary, remember those lawyers get paid by statutes. They're going to get they paid out of the <laughs> And so it's a lot of lawyers that take those cases. So you make sure that you follow in the rules when you have an employee. And right. How the, how the law says you're supposed to pay them. Um, thankfully, there is like a great little guide on the website, on the national or the federal website. And if you're an employer, you can take that and it'll give you a lot of good points. Mm -hmm. um, then another component of that is payroll. You know, so like now you got to pay people and do a payroll. Um, our office, we use ADP and that's been wonderful. It's a great service. Um, we don't have any issues with that. It's affordable. They also, so when you do the payroll, the payroll company, I and you see, and I saw it as a W-2 employee, you know, you get your gross and then your net. And apparently your employer is supposed to take your taxes out. Then your <laughs> employer pays taxes too. Yes. And they have to send that to the state department of revenue the federal department of revenue you got to file reports and send those in too every quarter adp does that for us <laughs> <laughs> that is like the that's smart though that's a lot of responsibility it is it is um so we do that we use a free online well for the number of employees that we have it's a free time clock Mm -hmm. um, and it has a mobile app and it's called on the clock mm -hmm. and um, it keeps up with um, personal and vacation leave and sick leave hours um, it does all of it and so we use that because you know you got to make sure that you're accurately um, reflecting the time and paying employees for when they work um Workers' compensation. You have to yes. have workers' compensation insurance. That's another insurance. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make sure you got your posters that mm. are in the break room. And um, that's a lot. And also, another thing is you know how you want your business to run, and you know, um, you know, what kind of what you want your employees to do. And I think I've seen sometimes, and I'm a chart checklist person. I'm a little, you know, type A. And, uh, <laughs> and sometimes I think I've seen people, you know, the employees can't read your mind. And so you have to tell them right. what you need from them when you work together. And so I think um, a good thing is when you do have employees and especially 
in a law firm when you're dealing with a lot of confidential information, um, a lot of sensitive information, medical records, social security numbers. Sometimes it's like the worst events in these people's lives. You know, you you watching. Um, is to you gotta have a manual. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta if you want the phone answer in a certain way, then you have to tell the employee how you want your phone answered. Mm -hmm. And you have to write it down. And um, a standard and, operating procedure. Exactly. <laughs> and that way, when you get another employee, then they will already have that. So, yeah. I have started a many a job without real training, without a manual here lately. And it always blows me. And I'm like, y'all didn't have no time just to write this down. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, we're just gonna guess it or, or use our memory how we did this job. <laughs> it's like um, on that TikTok, like this is not how you're supposed to do it, but this is how I do it. <laughs> exactly it. That's exactly it. But like I, I, <laughs> I love like what you're saying though, which is like I don't. Again, these are things that I don't think we all think about. I think we romanticize the idea of being a business owner and an entrepreneur. And we don't think about those things. One, like the insurance and the checks and balances and the manual and all that good stuff. And then like, what, what is payroll <laughs> and taxes? I know a lot of people who get wrapped up in taxes because they didn't do proper, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta pay uncle Sam. You gotta pay that man. Or he gonna come for you. Now, like for the business. And it is, um, a lot, you know, we've got, um, you know, looking for a bookkeeper too. And, and so, you know, that's the thing because you got to keep up with it. Yeah. What goes in, what comes out. And then also you want to make sure that you're profitable. You want to know if I spend $3,000 on this ad or on these specialty mugs or something, you know, is it giving me at least my money back or am, you know, am I seeing an increase in calls? Um, is it working? And if, even if I am seeing an increase in calls, then are they calling about areas that we practice? Mm. Are they retaining our services? And if you're not keeping up with the money, then you don't know that. If you're not keeping up with um, when somebody calls, like, where did you hear, you know, where, how did you hear about us? That's how I know that most of our business comes from referrals because we ask. Right. And so when I'm thinking about what we're going to do with our marketing dollars, then I know that, you know, some of that I need to make sure to, you know, have some happy hours and show my appreciation to the people who refer clients to us because I know that's enough, that's effective in my business. Right. I, I, I know I've like always shunned the, how did you hear about me on the chat box when you like enter into somebody's, but now like you're hearing it and now that I'm like in like starting up and trying to get like this off the ground, I'm like, yeah, I need to know because <laughs> I need to know what's working. So just fill it out, please. Like, <laughs> And our assistant, she asks so nicely. <laughs> she gets way more responses than we do when we answer the phones ourselves. <laughs> so, you know, shout out to her. Shout yeah. out to his fans. <laughs> oh, but, I, but that's like, again, like th that business build and how do you keep momentum going and how do you keep, how do you figure out like what's working? Like what do, what's your marketing mix? 
And that is also sometimes it's a bill. And like how you said, like, are these coffee mugs bringing in clients? <laughs> That's a gut check. <laughs> and they can be cute. You know, you can like them a lot. <laughs> and then some, sometimes, too, like, like if you got 300 coffee mugs and, you, and they're not bringing in business, then see, so you got to pivot again and do a mindset shift. And like, you know what? This is an appreciation. You know what I'm saying? So you can yeah. give it and you got to make it work. And sometimes you just have to change the way you think about something. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so mindset shift. So you seem to be very am like nimble in this moment as this woman who is a like, you're an owner of a business. And you, as you told your story, I was like, oh, she is really, really like being able to be like, so then I adapted. And so then I changed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, this is what we're doing. I think what are like some of your, you know, like, what would you say like your biggest challenges are but, or opportunities and what, where do you see yourself in like five years? Mm -hmm. um, the biggest challenges for us is I think right now we're in a bottleneck and we've been in business for five years. Um, I've essentially posted a help needed bulletin here today. <laughs> Make sure to share it. <laughs> we need people. <laughs> Which is not a bad thing. That means there's growth happening. Yeah. So that's a challenge. <laughs> and that's scary too. Because, mm. you know, I'm looking at these numbers and, um, you know, it is lots of different pots for whatever profit we get to go into. And right. like having to prioritize and to say, okay, you know, we're going to make this investment um, in personnel and, you know, we want to make sure it's important that we treat people right and pay people fairly. Like I said, my first job was at Piggly Wiggly, so I, I know. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is scary because now you're responsible for meeting that payroll and, you know, whether my our phone rings or not, the people who work with us, they've got bills to pay and they've made sacrifices. So it's a little bit sobering. Um, but that is a challenge now is trying to grow and figure out and to actually do it and make it happen. Yeah. Um, as it relates to um, the firm period is a, a particular challenge in my practice area doing personal injury is you know competing with the tv lawyers um the billboard lawyers <laughs> it's a big thing and, um our model is different you know so, so we're you know we're not a huge firm um we are down to earth you know we take our work very seriously but we you know i know my clients they talk to me on the phone um we go to extra step and the extra mile um, they might get one of those mugs <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> And so people who come to us are looking for something different. They're not looking for, you know, the, you know, they're looking for personal attention and they're yeah. looking for a, a, a bond that you get from people. Yeah. Um, and so, but it is a little bit difficult to compete, to have people to find us when we're not, you know, spending $200,000 a month 
um, on advertising. And so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, and like, and I think that's real, right? So it's like, I don't have that budget. I'm not going to be on all your commercials. I don't have, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not doing those things. And so like, how do I strategically spend these dollars to get in front of people? And no, no knock to the billboard commercial lawyers. Y'all got y'all thing. Y'all, you built that. That's what you're doing. But it is, it's, I mean, it's tempting because people only see what they see. And, and and somebody will remember. But I think with what you said, people are coming to you for personal attention. They're coming to know that, like, my case is actually being handled by Fallon, not a legal assistant. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and that is important, right? Because I think even for you, you might, you might not see it now, but I'm sure your clients will start referring people to you and start just because of that customer service. And that's, uh, um, you know, our the best advertiser we could ever have. And, um, you know, we've got, well, you know, me and um, Chris and John, we work various jobs. I I work customer service at, uh, <laughs> at Food World and at Walmart. And so I think it's, you know, something that's just ingrained and just being acutely aware that and sensitive to the fact that people come to us in not the best situation, you know? Um, so we, you know, we take it very seriously, so, but, you know, not being able to compete is a challenge. And then too, like you say, no shade to those lawyers. There's some good lawyers. I've seen, I've seen cases to lawyers there sometimes because sometimes what they have or what they can do, it may be an area we don't regularly practice in, or it may be something specific. And that may be the best lawyer, I think, to handle your case. And, you know, I'm not going to take it, if I want you to have the best outcome you can have, and if that means that I need to refer you out to somebody else, then that's what I'm going to do. Right. Um, but I appreciate that transparency because some people do take the case and they're not supposed to take it. <laughs> and I got, hope they got that malpractice insurance. We'll bring that to a I mean, you know, people, people greed or uh, hubris, whatever it is. But yes, malpractice insurance is important. I think some of the things I'm getting from you is like you're in a growth phase, but you're looking at strategic growth in this moment and how to plan that out. Um, and, and I see that your wheels are turning because you're like, you, you've already identified like the challenge is a bottleneck. And there's only one Fallon to manage all the employees <laughs> to onboard them and to bring them on. And so you're in this, like, really, really, like, one of the catch-22s about being a business owner is that with that growth comes a lot more responsibility. And then, like, how are we going to figure this out? And then can we maintain this? And, you know, th- but that's okay, right? Because it, it is. And thankfully, um, you know, with me, I'm not a solo. So I right. have partners, thank God. And it's pros and cons to having partners. Um, you know, I'm an only child. And so it's, you know, the, it's pros and cons to being an only child and pros and cons to having siblings. And it's the same in business. And so I think one of the great things about being in business with partners, and particularly my partners, is that we do a pretty good job of recognizing each other's strengths and weaknesses. So, mm. you know, my job isn't going to be Chris's job and Chris's job isn't going to be John's job. And we can tap in and help each other out. Um, and take direction from one another, but that is definitely 
um, something I think you'll want to think about when you're going to start a law firm, whether or not you want to be a solo. And in that case, you are 100% responsible for 100% of the things or whether you want to partner with somebody and that way you can sort of share the burden on some of the things. Um, I love that. You got to think about it. You got to decide. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to, you also don't want to like get a partner that's on your nerves. <laughs> so. You know, you don't. I think, you know, I'm, I'm that partner someday. <laughs> you know, I know myself. I am that partner someday. It's, but uh... <laughs> look, half the battle is acknowledging it, right? Exactly. Exactly. The, we can only we can only improve from there, right? <laughs> yes, and I think, and if you're gonna have a partner, have a partnership agreement in writing. It's any business have an agreement so you know. While things are very optimistic and rosy. Um, how you expect things to go because yeah. you know sometimes and with a lot of law firms too once money starts coming in or sometimes when money not coming in it's some people who you know act very differently when they broke <laughs> I mean, you're gonna be broke sometimes so right you want right. to have those things laid out so you know what to expect and um, everybody's expectations are clear and you know god forbid if something were to happen to one of you you want to know what happens in that case and i think one thing people don't think about um and this for a lawyer you know law officer any business if you've got a partner and let's just say god forbid um they pass away and you don't have any provisions or anything that portion of the business goes into the estate so now that person's husband or wife could be your business partner so you want to make sure that you've thought about that and you've got something in place for when that happens that's a big deal mm -hmm. that that's a really big deal you're right because like what happens (laughs) exactly and so I guess mm. in a little further in that vein, you know, you want to um, have a provision, like, for instance, some people do like a buyout where, because that's mm. still their portion of the business and it's hopefully it's going to be valuable as it relates to money. Um, but you want to have a provision where you as the partner or the other partners can go in and you can buy that interest from the estate or from the spouse automatically <laughs> that they don't, you know, they're not going to mm. come you come into work and they conference room, you know, they got their feet on the table. Like, Talking about, let me tell you how things about the runaround here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can't practice a lick of law, but they about to turn. And you can get insurance for that too. So you want to think about getting life insurance for your partner. Yes. Where the business is the beneficiary. I love that. That is, yes, because you need, yes, <laughs> that, that's, a, I didn't, yes, that, you're dropping some gems today. I love this. I, <laughs> oh, well, thank you. This I is feel not like, legal advice. A disclaimer. Yes, the disclaimer, <laughs> these are just gems. <laughs> <laughs> just, we're just talking, just some girls talking about our lives. <laughs> 
But this has been great. I know when I was like thinking about who I was going to interview and like what I wanted to talk about, I was like, I don't talk, I don't get to talk to women attorneys about owning their own thing. Like, you know what I mean? And like every time I interact with a woman who's an attorney, it's always like, let me tell you my caseload. Let me tell you my practice. Let me tell you this. And I'm just always, I've always wanted to peek in on the backside and be like, well, what is it? Like, what I keep. <laughs> Wait, but what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> what are these things? Yeah. But like, but like, just like, you know, you need to have like the right staff because you are dealing with very important and secret information and like stealing data and personal information is a real thing. And like all these like things that you have to do to CYA is intense, but it feels like you've gotten a really good hold of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning and um, like I thankfully with because of my involvement in organizations mm. and people who've done it before they were able to tell me okay this is what you need or I'll send you you know I'll send you a template for you know like the script I didn't invent the script somebody sent me a, like this is what it looks like um, and so that is the camaraderie is um, is amazing and you know, I'll say that in my experience, and it may not be everybody's, um, that it's been broad, too. It's been broader. It's not just women. It's not, you know, just minorities. It's not just people who live in the South. It's not just people, um, you know, who are like me um, mm -hmm. or like my partners, which, you know, we di we're a diverse firm. Um, so it's, it's been great. And I think one of the, the things is when you've been given that, of course, then you have to pass it on. Yeah. So like, you know, in this conversation, I'm not going to say, oh, well, you know, we had an interior designer come in and you're like, no, that was not, <laughs> so I don't feel like, <laughs> I would like an interior designer, but you know, that's where I will be in five years. <laughs> there we go. Five years as interior designer, big spaces taking up all the room. All the room that we could we could exactly. <laughs> we could take up the billboards. <laughs> That's what we'll be. I think I love this conversation, and we are going to wrap up. Um, and I'm going to give you a minute to like just say where your socials are. But I think one of the things I also just want to re up is that you said you had you keep bringing back all your past work experiences, and I love that. Like you, like from the Piggly Willy to like the Walmart, but you were like, I have customer service experience, and I don't think we appreciate where we've been when we start out something new we kind of like just get brand new and just be like oh i never did that no 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 <laughs> this is who i am today but no i too bag groceries <laughs> i used to gift wrap in macy's like <laughs> i didn't know you could gift wrap now i got some that's so hey <laughs> <laughs> i got some work <laughs> my mama got me that job <laughs> it was in the golf department <laughs> wild Christmas but it, <laughs> but it was good so go ahead and let everyone know how they can connect with you where to find you and all that good stuff and uh, before yes thank you this has been so great well thank you it's been great for me too um I usually don't do this uh, so because you know I am a little bit can be you know I just am it is what it is so I'm fun living um and light and I don't take myself too seriously. Um, but so I'm not on all the socials. This is my social. 
Um, I don't post a lot, but you can find me here. And the same, I've got the same um, Fallon underscore cops underscore it's no Fallon O cops on Facebook. Yes. Um, and our website www.crmattorneys.com that's spelled out in plural and that's all that's it that's you it. can google her y'all it's Fallon O'Cox she's googleable because the website's google she's been you can find her she is good at what she does and she is and I'm so proud of you and all the amazing things and all the stuff that you're going to keep doing and I thank you for thanking that just saying yes right because you I do slide in people's DMs that don't know me um, <laughs> To ask inappropriate. No, I'm just kidding. To ask appropriate <laughs> questions. Sometimes they respond, sometimes they don't. You could have said no. And I appreciate you for, for stepping out a little bit. And I hope to talk to you soon. You know, whenever. I will. But anyway, <laughs> thank you so much. And I hope everyone has a good night. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm a peeps. Yes. <laughs> That's why they don't let me on here. All right. <laughs> <laughs>all right y'all thanks for listening to the broke girls dream 2 podcast you can connect with us on our website at brokegirlsdream2.com or on our instagram page broke girls dream 2 if you like the show please leave us a positive comment on itunes or the more the merrier share with your friends make sure you join us for our next show and have a good one